You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I've got a tiger by the tail that's plain to see. I won't be much when you get through with me. Well, I'm a losing weight and I'm turning mighty pale. Looks like I've got a tiger by the tail. Well, I thought the day I met you, you were meek as a lamb. Just the kind to fit my dreams and plans. Now the pace we're living takes the wind from my sails. And it looks like I've got a tiger by the tail. All right, this uh, episode we're going to be talking about Buck Owens and his Buckaroos, uh, the album I've Got a Tiger by the Tail. In the room I have Rob, Hello. Sean, Hi. Adam, and hey. Ben. Mm-hmm. I've Got a Tiger by the Tail by Buck Owens and his Buckaroos was released in 1965 on Capitol Records. It was produced by Ken Nielsen and the genre was country, obviously. Uh, Bakersfield country, if you want to get specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from All Music Review, uh, Cub Coda, uh, Buck Owens had his share of country hits prior to the release of I've Got a Tiger by the Tail and the hit single that spawned it. But I've Got a Tiger by the Tail was Owens' national breakthrough featuring everything right about his Bakersfield honky-tonk sound, sweated down to a 2 minute and 20 second single that provided to be an Irresistible piece of crossover magic to non-country fans without diluting his basic sound one iota. The sound of Don Rich is all over this album with his signature biting Telecaster guitar style, but ultimately it's Buck Owens' show with tracks like Trouble in Me, We're Going to Let the Good Times Roll, If You Fall Out of Love With Me, The Band Keeps Playing On, and the ballad let the sad times roll on, being classic examples <laughs> of Owen's Bakersfield's honky-tonk sound at the height of his freight train rumbling powers. What did we think of I've Got a Tiger by the Tail? Fucking loved it. So, <laughs> so no matter what kind of times they are, they shall roll. Yes. Yeah, a lot of rolling. <laughs> I love Buck Owens. Sad times, happy times. I love Buck Owens. Buck Owens may have single-handedly turned me on to country music, he, he was, Buck Owens' catalog was my crossover into country. That being said, this isn't my favorite album of his. I mean, I like it. It's good. It, it, but if there's only one Buck Owens record in this book, I would have picked a different one. Uh, Got a name? Uh, <laughs> I probably would have picked You're For Me, which came out, I think, in 62 or 3. It didn't have Tiger by the Tail on it. Uh, but I thought, like, just start to finish the, the, the tracks on that one. There's... It's more cohesive. There's not a weak weak link in it. This album, I, like, it's it's awesome. It's got great songs. It's also got a, a few spots where I feel it lags a little bit, or I feel where like the the pacing breaks a little bit. And I, I'm just being overly critical because I I like Buck Owens so much. And yeah. if he's only gonna be represented for for one album, but seriously though, if we're gonna be a, a Buck Owens album and it, it doesn't need to be a studio album, live in Japan. Yeah. So that was gonna Dude. be my comment was. 
That is one of the best live records of all time. It's mm-hmm. just... It's, Arigato! Yeah. Arigato. It's my first time here in, in the beautiful country of Japan. Japan. <laughs> yeah, it says, thank you for having me in Japan. <laughs> I think someone told Buck, Buck that... They don't speak English, so what Buck interpreted was, well, I should probably speak really slowly then. Yeah, it's the classic. <laughs> classic. But it's so good, though. It's such, and it gives you a sense of, like, you know, this this style of, um, like, that the Bakersfield sound with the Telecaster mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, and the lap steel and the pedal, or I guess the pedal steel, but... Um, you hear it because it sounds so tight on this record, for example. Uh, but that live record, you you know that it's real. You know that this is just what they sound like. Yeah. And uh, but I mean this this record's great. It's got uh, it's got plenty of good tracks. I agree that it lags a little compared to some of his stronger stuff. But um, but it, it's a, also a great introduction. Definitely, definitely. I I can't hate on it. It's just not my favorite. Okay. Mm. Okay. So um, yeah, I I, I I enjoyed this uh, front to back. I also enjoyed finding out that uh, Buck's actual name is Alvis Edgar Owens Jr., who right. he took his name Buck from the donkey that the family owned. <laughs> came in and when he was three years old and said, "My name is also Buck," and they're like, "Cool." He's That's already fun. a junior, you know, so. Like, he already doesn't have his own name. Might as well take a different one. <laughs> well, that's just like in 30 Rock when they said that, Kenneth the donkey died, you're the donkey now. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, also, his uh, his alias of Corky Jones for the rock and roll song Hot Dog that he wrote. <laughs> because he was scared that it would ruin his country cred if they knew that he wrote a song that was rock and roll. That's adorable. Wow. Um, yeah. And he preferred to call the Bakersfield sound American uh, music. Hmm. Well, that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, that's interesting because one of the things that that makes the Bakersfield sound different from like Nashville country, uh, Buck Owens would say like as a kid growing up in Bakersfield, he could pick up the the Mexican radio stations and you'd hear that Mexican polka, and that influence of that like two step polka beat is kind of what makes the Bakersfield that and like the, the that Telecaster and. Yeah, the less produced yeah. sort of. A, there's no orchestration. It's just you pick up your instruments and everybody. What you hear live would be what you're uh, you're hearing in, in the studio. And there's a couple of sounds that I think are just totally signature to him. Uh, one one being that high harmony or the vocal harmony that's just always there. It's I just feel like that is so. Buck Owens, and then that introduction at it right. Don Rich is all over the place and, here. Yes, and like that, that like pokey kind of Telecaster. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just feel like you can, you could just write a Buck Owens song in fifteen minutes. Well, he said that he he wrote the songs like it just had to come to him, and yeah. that's that's how he would write. But I think like he has such a clear sound of his own and personality that you could just like if you had like a strong guitar player two singers like you could just put something down even with a little beat and it would sound like a buck owens song like between the guitar and the vocals it's just so clear yeah if your strong guitar player is also that other singer then you're more than halfway there yeah yeah (laughs) what a quarter in the jukebox and let it play that 
same sad song that's been playing all day. You know the one where his darling is gone. So pour the red wine, play the jukebox, and let the sad times roll on. Let the sad times. A little thing here to, to go with that. Uh, people often praise the fast and loose setup. Uh, for example, Stack Records in Memphis, which captured spontaneous eruptions of emotion and creativity. Otis Redding once uh, recorded his Otis Blue album, 11 songs, in a day and a night. Owens said that we did two four-hour sessions in two days and came away with 10 songs, and we didn't rehearse at all before uh-huh. walking in. So, Brothers, man. Yeah, it just seemed like he was road tested. He would do 300 shows a year. Yeah. And you can kind of hear that tight playing with all it's, the players. Yeah, and that makes so much sense to me because when you're very active, when you're really on the road, like when we were playing 170 shows a year, we didn't rehearse. Like it, we, there was probably like a two year period where we didn't have a single rehearsal because mm-hmm. we were always playing a show and like, Certain shows, you know, it's like you just, oh, it's going to be a little hot and loose today because we haven't played in a month, but like, but we played for six months before that. So I'm feeling pretty good. Like, especially when you have like a really genre specific group like this, where it's a lot of one, four, five progressions and like you just stand there one tuning, one guitar, a lot of songs probably in similar keys too. And if you listen to any of his like half dozen live albums, my opinion, Japan being the best one, the the songs are the performance is just as clean as as these studio cuts. Oh, yeah. They're just like fifty percent faster. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. And they're yeah, good energy. Yeah. Well, this is actually kind of uh, interesting to me because I'd I'd listened to Buck Owens before, but only ever passively. You know, like did you see him on Hee Haw? <laughs> I did not see him on Hee Haw. No, I mean like I'd he- heard in bars. My husband would put him on sometimes, but like he's just not in my wheelhouse. I'm I don't know how much this matters, but I'm from the Northeast, and there's just not a lot of country music up there. Like it's it's what you'd think. People just don't really listen to it. So like you know, I, I feel like I'm coming into a place where people grew up listening to things like Buck Owens and. And similar, and I didn't. Uh, as as a former Indianapolis child, I, I did not know what a Buck Owens was until yeah. I moved to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, listen to Buck Owens until college. Yeah, I think yeah. it was it was like well, damn. Beyond, it was <laughs> they introduced after. me to the pot and then the Buck Owens. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I always worked backwards with country because I would hear country, and I'm such a curious person that I was like. Where did this come from? Yeah. Because I'm not so into this, but how did this? Yeah. Where did where was the origin of this? And you get back into the, Hank Williams, mm-hmm. and then it's it's kind of like he's the originator. Um, obviously, Standish before him, but then you get into Bakersfield Sound with Buck Owens, and he personifies that a certain style. Yeah. And then later he he. I would say from Hank Williams to Buck Owens then becomes like an outlaw country style of uh, uh, Merle Haggard yeah. and Waylon Jennings mm-hmm. and Johnny yeah. Cash think, and stuff. I mean, I think with like the, like what I personally usually listen to, there's room for a lot of other different country artists where like Buck Owens, not that, there's, not that I don't like him, I really enjoyed it, but there's not like a space for him to fit in where he can relate to other artists that I listen to. Yeah. So, you know, like I could listen to some other country artists that may be like especially sad or especially like 
angry and you know i listened to a lot of punk music and a lot of uh-huh. like crooner stuff you know almost and and that makes sense but with buck owens he's so different from i agree that sometimes you need a link yes and uh for me i grew up uh so i like I, my link is roger miller and uh i got really into roger miller in like my early 20s when I realized that my favorite Disney movie as a kid, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. was Roger Miller. I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. What is this song? This song is amazing. I've always sung these songs, you know, just loving this, whatever it is. And then, you know, making connections sometime when I heard like King of the Road or something, that uh, this was uh, this extraordinary, uh, well, who, well, a man who's considered to be a novelty artist. And uh, I think when I heard Buck Owens on a mixtape, from a friend like a couple of years after I realized that I was like, yeah, this is the kind of country that I've, I'm finding right now that is clicking for me. This sort of lighthearted, uh, just fun, but also a little bit sad at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, growing up in like a rural small town, Indiana in the eighties and nineties, my parents were always listening to at the time, like a radio country, which I was surrounded by it. I wasn't that into it from the from the time I could choose my own music. I was always listening to rock and roll. I liked rock and roll. I liked the Beatles. I liked the Stones. I liked pop punk when that was the thing. And then I remember, like the first time I heard Buck Owens, like I, I don't know if it, it may have been Tiger by the Tail. It was the type of music that, like, I knew it was country music, but. I could wrap my rock and roll mind around it. Like, well, this sounds just like a rock song only with a twang. And I could, I could make sense of that. And I liked Hmm. that. And like, really, and that was like, he was my gateway from that. Like I knew that there were other artists and subgenres of this thing called country that I thought I didn't like that I could relate to with like a, a rock and roll aesthetic. Yeah. And you got to experiment because a lot of them don't work out. Like I remember I tried to get into George Jones at one point. And I was like, I'm just not finding anything here. That, I, I got yeah. the same way. In white linen, wrapped up in white linen, as cold as the clay. So beat the drum slowly play. The fire slowly play the death march as they carry me on. Take me to Green Valley Lake, the sod o'er me. I'm shot in the chest and I'm dying. the truth mm-hmm. like i tend to gravitate more towards later country and towns van zant kind mm-hmm. of stuff like it's kind of interesting he buck owens always feels like he um i did some reading and, and people always put him in a certain place they don't they don't look at him in a uh, i'd say superstar kind of light even though he essential in creating the sound and, and everything it's like people always have the Willie Nelson. They always have the Johnny Cash where they're 
looking at them as a certain like the gods, the gods, yeah. and, and and things like that. And those would have never happened had Buck Owens not like uh, this. This was the first number one country album on the Billboard charts. The the this broke the 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 floodgates open I mean, for this was everything the else. Like, Field sound that they came after. Was it? Um, yeah, I, I I actively enjoy this and Roger Miller at the same time. Like I, I those two things are kind of twinned with me as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, question there... for more music historian types than me: the Buck Owens surely must have been an influence on like Graham Parsons or something, right? Had I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, like you're talking about the oh, yeah. location. You're yep. talking about that sort of a California country. Yep. I mean, it's not like Parsons just made that up, you know. And then after Graham, definitely Dwight Yoakam. Mm. Oh yeah, I know that it even says in the book. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah, it says Bakerfield Sound was revived by Dwight Yoakam, who collaborated with Owens on a remake of Streets of Bakerfield. That's that's an awesome but, song. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking about that because I was thinking about that. You know, the '60s, later later '60s, San Francisco country. Uh, sound got really big, yeah. And I was just thinking, like, oh, I wonder how much of that has to do with them being yeah. around this. I think uh, everybody they they kind of started with him and then did their own thing. You as know what happened? Popular. So he he definitely has influenced all these people. He influenced uh, uh, Graham Parsons. He arguably influenced what would become Outlaw Country yeah. when that stuff was starting to pick up steam. In the later '60s, Buck Owens was on hee haw. He had lost yeah. his cred. Like as as much as he is not a novelty musician, that part of his career he was a personality. novelty personality, like an, an entertainer. Well, that that, sh- that shouldn't undersell anything he did before or after it. But like right when the the, the stuff that he had planted the seeds for was, was growing, he, he's he's telling corny jokes every weekend yeah. on TV. You yeah. Know? Yeah, well, and I, I think so too. I think also, I think that's a great argument, but also sometimes people just don't get uh, elevated to that level. So it's just, sometimes you just, you know, there are acts that get over-celebrated for no reason, and then there are acts that don't get the, all <laughs> the, you know. Yeah. Says he had 20, 21 number one country <laughs> hits. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, just for reference, I just Googled Buck Owens, Graham Parsons, and... It's just a ton of articles a- saying Buck Owens is the biggest influence on Graham <laughs> <laughs> like, like, So, Because it occurred to me, I was like, it would have to be. Yeah. It just would have to be. Yeah. But uh, even though it's different, you know, different and generation. It's, it's, it's like you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got you got some rock and roll in my country, <laughs> yeah. and you're calling it honky tonk, mm-hmm. and I like it. There's some Parsons in my pants. New telephone. <laughs> yeah. Someone right. give me a towel. I got a quiz, quiz for you guys. Buck Owens uh, learned one of his uh, stage lessons one night when a f- when a fight broke out in the crowd. What do you do when a fight breaks out in the crowd as a performer? Well, you take Don's Telecaster and you bash somebody over the head, right? <laughs> <laughs> Any other uh, answers? Hmm. I saw that happen at a Danzig show, and Danzig um, used a slur against one of the people involved in the fight and kicked him out. Is that what you do? I'm assuming that Buck probably like hugged him, or like at the end of it they were friends because Buck, hug. Buck because Buck unites. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to get there. Buck says, "If a fight breaks out, don't stop playing. Just start playing louder." <laughs> <laughs> Better soundtrack. That's, that's not what Danzig did at all. <laughs> that's why he's the real outlaw. <laughs> 
All right, what do we think? Does it uh, should it be in the book? I'm with a definite yes of just. I mean, he needs to be in there. Yeah, he he needs to be in there. Yeah. It was uh I I wrote down and yes, patent yes I wrote down a couple of things about some of the tracks. I don't know if you guys did any of of that action. Um, sure. Uh, let the sad times roll on. Uh, the very beginning of it is that is that what made like psychedelic music happen? I think that right drugs now. are what made psychedelic music. Happen. I mean, I think that that uh, that only sounds like the, the pedal, birds. Pedal steel was very influential in the like California yeah, sound, like for sure. That, that, and it's that, almost overwhelming. Some people said that the pedal steel in his recordings are almost like this ethereal thing that just waves in and out of the sounds like a glass ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, wham bam. Uh, yeah. that, that is a risque, <laughs> risque song. Yeah. He, he doesn't want any part of anything else. He's nope. upfront about it. I uh, would prefer not to be with you after this. <laughs> Dear Sign Madam, Buck. I don't want to marry you. She's <laughs> not ready. It's okay. She's a modern woman. I know we held hands, but I must be going on. And I do love that these songs are so short. I mean, they're just bite-sized, and they're made for, like, I, a radio thing. Yeah. You it's, know, like, it's, like, one minute and 50 seconds yep. to, like, the, the, the occasional three-minute song. But the hooks yeah. are so strong. Yeah, yeah like they, exactly. Yeah. The first time I listened to the um, the Streets of uh, Laredo, mm-hmm. uh, I was high. Oh, no. <laughs> and so when that bass line came in, <laughs> it kind of broke me <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Not... Not the best time. Yeah, low to sounds when you're high or something. Like they make you want to barf. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd absolutely recommend this to. Oh yeah, just about anybody. I would recommend just about anything it. from his catalog. Yeah, I just think people yeah. should check out. Buck you know Owens. what you're gonna get. You're not gonna put on a Buck Owens record and be like, "Well, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be yeah. like." <laughs> it's true. It's gonna <laughs> sound exactly like a Buck Owens record. Yeah, not like uh, well, Ray, Ray Price. <laughs> it's gonna be like Ray Price kind of changed it from the original. Mm-hmm honky-tonk kind of sound into that country Polton kind of Nashville sound. This Buck Owens is true. He cracked the code before he was ever laid to tape, and then he just did not stray from it. Yeah. All right, next time we'll be talking about uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's Live at the Star Club Hamburg. The killer. All right, thanks, guys. I'll be on my way Thank you, but no thank you Not today First thing is matrimony Next thing is alimony Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am I'll be on my way I'm just too young to get married, you see would you recommend Suck Blowins, though? <laughs> and his fuckaroos? I would highly yes. recommend Suck Blowins and his fuckaroos. You can find it. Some obscure stuff. It's some, it's some dusty bins. That changed action. everything for me. I So as I was saying, I'm, I'm not super well-versed in Buck Owens. I do know my Suck Blowins front to back. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Buck Owens, huh? It's not as disgusting. <laughs> for, 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 for dear listeners not in the know... Uh, Suck Blowins and His Fuckaroos is a honest, passionate tribute to Buck Owens 
uh, where the lyrics are just weird out to be about the filthiest sex acts you can imagine. Do you want to hear some song titles? Yes, please. All right, I, I had would. them pulled up a second uh, ago. I could sing one. <laughs> I've got a minor by the, the tail, tail. It's plain to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like uh, open up your button, let my dong come yeah. in. Yeah. Open up your button, let my dong come in. <laughs> Something I'm about gonna. Roll out the red rocket yeah. when you come home. All right, so they and their uh, their hit record, "A Filthy Christmas for You, You and You," <laughs> frack naturally. Roll yeah. out the red rocket. Yeah, I've got a minor by the tail. Sam's face. <laughs> Sam's face. Excuse me. I love this song. Excuse me. I think I've got a think hard I on. Got a hard on. <laughs> Open up your butt. <laughs> Where does the boners go? <laughs> and Where? together again. Yeah. Where does the uh, <laughs> To tell you the truth, though, the Buck Owen songs really just write themselves. They yeah, you do. listen to them and yeah. you can imagine. Wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. I think I've got a heart on. Yeah, that's which, one of my favorites. Which is the one where they say bioner. <laughs> bioner. Yeah, it's like it's like a like a five syllable bioner. They definitely do the the like the Bakersfield yeah. Of, of, yeah. Yeah. reflection uh, on the PS. <laughs> yeah. So good. I think well. that I think that uh, if you if if you have access or can find any uh, uh, my favorite. Fuck Blowin' song might be Sam's face. Suck yeah. Blowin'. Suck Blowin'. Yeah. So it's actually yeah. on suckblowins.bandcamp.com. Oh, oh there you go. So I would like to say that hopefully by the time we get to, you know, early 2010s, maybe that'll have an appearance yeah. in this book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can also force Who it knows? to happen. <laughs> maybe.